Welcome everybody to week three of It's Messy. And I want to say something very much like I said the first couple of weeks. You're going to want to make sure you're caught up on this series. So if you missed week one or week two, go to our website, go to our app and get caught up so you've got the full picture and a broader context for some of the things that I'm going to be talking about in the next few moments. Very important because today we're talking about messy issues, the messy issues of life and in our culture and how we navigate it and approach it. get lots of emails um, on a regular basis. I get emails that are asking me uh, personally and our church to make some kind of statement uh, on, on the issues that are going on in culture. They'll get emails that'll be like, hey, can you tell us what the church's stance is on, or what your stand is on this, or what your statement is on this, or whatever. And because as a church, we're very careful not to just put bunches of statements out there and and all that kind of stuff, people usually are a little frustrated because they don't get a whole lot. I mean, it's not that we, you know, I go back and forth with them, but it's not like, like, here, you can quote us on this. No. Uh, Like, for instance, a, a few months ago, I got an email from someone who's never attended our church before, and, and they said, listen, we're, we're looking for a new church, and I, and I just need to ask you this question. Uh, this gentleman says, do you publicly denounce sin from your stage? Well, there you go. I'm talking about a nice opener. <laughs> um, and, and, and then he went on to list issues that he felt like need to be publicly denounced from a stage or a church like, like this. And, um, I mean, he listed them all out kind of thing. And I have absolutely no idea if this guy ever attended our church or not. And he may be, you may be sitting in here if you're, don't raise your hand because, you know, ch-ch. and <laughs> yeah. So here's how I responded. I said, well, we, we try to call out the kinds of things from our stage that Jesus did. But the challenge is, our list is often very different than his. Never got anything back from him on that. What I wanted to say, okay, what I wanted to say, what I was thinking but I didn't actually say, was yeah, yeah, we call out stuff. If you could email me a list of your sins and issues personally, I'll be glad to start with those. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. I think I just did, though. <laughs> All right, anyway, it's technicalities, right? Yeah. Here's the deal. When it comes to cultural issues, we live in a soundbite world driven by a cancel culture. And I think if you think about that, you'll agree. A soundbite world, people want to know what's your statement what do you think about this? What do you say about that? What do you believe about that? They want a sound bite. They want a stance. They want you to, to kind of cons- put everything concise into a statement. I mean, it's just the way our culture works right now. Why don't you take a stand? What's your stand? What I have found, though, is when people say they want you to take a stand on something, what they really want is for you to take their stand. They hope that you're going to take their stand on whatever the issue is in question. And if you're not gonna take their stand, they would much rather you not take a stand at all. Yeah. And then when you actually 
come out with, this is what I think, this is what I believe. If they disagree with you, they cancel you. We live in a cancel culture. Five years ago, 10 years ago especially, we didn't even know what that means, right? That, that phrase didn't even exist, really, or at least not in the public forum. But now we know, cancel culture. Yeah, if we disagree with you, we're going to shut you down. If we don't like what you say, or if we feel like what you're saying is a threat to what we think or what it's going to challenge me, then I'll just shut you down. Now, here's the deal, Christians. Church, and even if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian at this point, I think you would agree with what I'm getting ready to say. We need to be very careful, Christians, church. How we point fingers outside the walls of the church to a cancel culture and say, yeah, you, you shouldn't be doing that because here's the deal. To be honest, if you go back in history, Christians in the church, unfortunately, help write the handbook on how to counsel people. Yeah, if you go back in history, you'll find words like excommunication. Or we're going to ban you. Or we're going to shun you, right? If you don't believe a certain thing, if you believe differently, or if you do something differently, or if you challenge with what you say or do what the church says or does in a certain way, you're out. So, so let's be careful. As messy and as frustrating as our cancel culture is, unfortunately, even followers of Jesus have contributed to it. Now, in, in our day and time, we have more subtle ways of doing it. We do it on social media. I'll unfollow her. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Or, and we do it more subtly, like with gossip. Did you know? Can you believe? You know what they really think? You, you, know, what they, you know what they believe, right? You know, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. We're just, we're done. But see, listen to me. As followers of Jesus, we can't do that. As followers of Jesus, if we're going to follow Jesus, then we don't cancel people. Instead, we journey with people. We journey with each other. We don't cancel each other because we're following Jesus. And Jesus didn't cancel people that he disagreed with and didn't cancel people who disagreed with him. He journeyed with them. Now, before your temperature gets a little bit too high, it doesn't mean that there's not boundaries. Of course there are boundaries. And it doesn't mean that we don't believe certain things about the issues. Of course we do. And of course Jesus did. Truth is very, very important. But because we follow Jesus, we're going to follow his example, and we're just not going to take our beliefs and turn them into ammunition. We're not going to take our beliefs and turn them into ways to attack one another and abandon each other. No, we're going to follow Jesus and journey with each other. We're actually going to engage the issues with each other. And we're going to enter into the mess. Enter into the messiness. 
Oh, I get it. There are times, me too. I would just like to go shun, 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 done, done, out. See ya. <laughs> I'm with you, right? But to be quite honest, I'm sure there are people that look at me and say the very same thing. And what a mess that creates. An unnecessary mess. No, because we follow Jesus, we're going to learn what it means to journey with each other. Through the way of grace and truth. Truth and grace. Because remember, that's what Jesus was about. Remember? Let's go back to week one. Jesus chose. Jesus chose the messy middle way of grace and truth. And we follow him, that means that's where we go. We follow him, that means that's where we've got to be. As we saw in week one, let me remind you, Jesus was way too liberal for the conservatives of his day. And he was way too conservative for the liberals of his day. He was in that messy middle place on purpose. Not a place of compromise, not a place of non-committal. No, he was there on purpose to reach people from both sides, both extremes, and not pull them to a side. No, he pulled them to himself. And that was very, very, very messy. And we follow Jesus. So it's going to be very, very, very messy for us too, for Christians too, for church too, when we do it like Jesus did it. Now, if you're looking for a very sanitized, clean and neat and easy way to do the Christian life, where all the issues fit into neat categories and all of the issues have nice, neat, tucked-in little explanations for everything. If that's what you're looking for, you're going to need a different Jesus to follow. Because that's not what Jesus was about. He didn't take sides. He charted a new way, a new path that was very messy, right in the middle of all of it. And he took shots from both sides. He was attacked from both sides. Don't be surprised when we experience the same kind of thing. Um, And we do. We do. As a church, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a a family in one of our locations leave our church. And people leave churches for all kinds of different reasons. Um, Music's too loud. Uh, They don't like what the pastor wears. It's too hot. It's too cold. Right, that that, that kind of stuff. Somebody hurt their feelings, and then they go to another church where somebody hurts their feelings, and then they go to another church where somebody hurts. Okay, anyway, so are you with me? People go, I mean, that that just happens, and it's, I I I never like that. You know, well, most of the time, it's sad when when someone leaves, you know, your family faith, and and, and you're no longer, you know, uh, up in each other's space and doing life together. Then sometimes it's a blessing, you know, but... (laughs) Most of the time, it's like sad. So this was one of those times where it was sad, okay? It was, it was sad. It was unfortunate. We had a family leave our church, and here's why they left our church. You know why they left our church? They left our church because on one of the hot cultural topics and issues of our day, they felt like we were way too harsh, way too strict, way too narrow-minded, way too hard on the issue. Until they were gone. That same week, very same week, within a couple of days, we had another family notify us they too were leaving our church. And here's what they said on the same issue you guys are way too liberal, you're way too lenient, you guys are way too permissive and way too 
inclusive. And we were just, as a staff, we started looking at each other and going, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Right? And, and the conversation we had as a staff is we're exactly where we need to be. We're right here in the messy middle. We're, we're experiencing from both sides. It's fascinating to me how, how easily triggered people get. You ever find yourself getting easily triggered? Yeah. I mean, I can feel it too, right? You got certain issues that don't bother you. Certain issues you're like, eh, eh, it's unfortunate, but eh. But then there are certain issues or like our pet issues, maybe an area that has really impacted our life or very personal to us or whatever. And man, when that topic comes up, watch out. Or when that issue is front headlines, watch out. We are so easily triggered. Christians and non-Christians alike, and sometimes especially Christians. And here's why. Because <laughs> we assume that God agrees with us. That's why we're so triggered. We assume that God agrees with us. I have a tendency to agree, to, to assume that God agrees with me. You have an atten a tendency to assume that God agrees with you, but I have a caution for all of us. If you begin to realize that God has all the same views on the issues that you do, you may have the wrong God. If you just assume that the way you see things is always the way God sees things, wow, you're pretty special. You're always right. Oh, wow. Man, maybe we should be worshiping you if you're always right. And then we go to the Bible, see, and we start pulling verses to, to back up what we feel and what we think God is saying. We pull a verse here, pull a verse there, Old Testament, New Testament, all the Testaments, pull a verse from everywhere, and, and don't even worry about the context. We ignore what we talked about last week, where, where you know, it's not just what the Bible says, it's what the Bible means by what the Bible says that's important. Okay? It's not just words on a page. It's like, what does that mean? What's the context there? What's going on? What was that culture about? And how do we translate that thousands of years to today? Yeah. No, no, you see, you just easily triggered. You assume God just agrees with you. Like on the issues that I'm getting ready to show you. Because if I were to take a list as a pastor and, and list what I think some of the major issues are, I mean, there's a lot of issues. We got a lot of issues. So I, I, I did. I, I'm going to put some things, not yet, I'm going to put some things on the screen. And immediately when I put them up, you're going to have to check your pulse. You're going to have to, because some of you are going to be immediately triggered. As a pastor, okay, this is, these are the issues that I talk to people more than anything else about, answer questions about, and go back and forth. And, and to me, this is some of the messiest stuff facing our culture today. And this is not an exhaustive list. This is not everything. This, I may be leaving out something big, something huge. I sh I'm sure I am, okay? But let me just... Let me just put this up here and let it be. There's some messy issues. Some of the most messy issues in our culture. And some of you, you're, you need to resist the trigger because you automatically, your, your brain's just going, 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 going. Here we go, here we go, here we go. 
And, and you're like, you, you assume that you and God see eye to eye on all these things. I mean, COVID, I mean, vaccines, masks, all this stuff, conspiracy, oh yeah, all that stuff. Race, I mean, let's talk about stuff in the last couple of years. I mean, if you think about the last couple of years, I mean, here we are again, Black Lives Matter, all this stuff. I mean, what, 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 oh, I mean, come on. Are we, are we doing this again? Is this still an issue in our culture? Evidently, sexuality, got the LGBT community, and, and then, and then, wait, on the other side of this, not really on the other side, but in, in another nuance of this is questions of gender and identity and all of that. Never more has, never has that been more front and center in our culture than it is now. War, come on. I mean, right now, like as we speak, war. And then politics, politics itself, and then the politics of all this stuff, right? Because there's politics in all of this. And then there's politics itself. I did, there's other issues too. I didn't, I didn't put immigration up here. I, I didn't put things like abortion. I didn't put drug, drug issues like the opioid issues we have, addictions. Whether or not drugs, certain drugs should be legalized. Yeah, that's up there, I'm sure. And then just all the discrimination issues, you know, men, women, rich, poor, all this kind of stuff, all right? Now, right now, what you're feeling when you look at this list and you think about some of these other things, what you're feeling right now is the mess. Pay attention to what you're feeling. I mean, your mind's just racing, racing, racing. And some of you, some of you right now, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out where I am on these issues and where our church is on this issue, right? You're going, here we go, here we go. And to be honest, some of you are getting a little bit excited right now. They're going, mm, yeah, I've been waiting for this. He's getting ready to agree with me and God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, some of you are, I mean, you're, you're ready to hop on the truth train. You know. And then others of you right now are very, very, very nervous. You're very nervous because you're afraid that I'm getting ready to say something that's going to upset you, hurt you, and you're like, I'm going to have to find a new church now. I just, I just, I, I just, just like in this place. And now I'm, a, yeah, no, no. Okay, everybody relax. Everybody take a deep breath. Because fortunately for you, we don't have the time for me to jump into the itty bitty detail and minutia of all of this. Aren't you glad? I'm not gonna tell you what to think about all of this right now, but here's what I am gonna do. I'm gonna do my best with the few minutes that we have left to show you how to think through this. Where's grace? Where's truth? You're like, really? That's it? That's what you got? Yep. That's what Jesus gave us. That's what Jesus gave us. And we sit here and we look at these issues and we ask ourselves, where is grace? 
And then we look at the same list and we go, okay, where is the truth in this? What is gracious? What is truthful? And what is truthful and what is gracious? And here's the deal. Not my version of grace and not your version of grace. And not my version of truth and not your version of truth. Well, that's grace to me. Well, this is my truth. This is my truth. Well, what happens when my truth and your truth disagree with one another? Uh Uh-oh. It's called a mess. That's why we have to look to Jesus. What did Jesus say about these things? Well, he didn't say anything about COVID. There you go. I promise you. Find it. Now, somebody thinks they have. Well, in this, in this book of Revelation. <laughs> Woo! You have fun with that, right? Oh, he didn't say anything about COVID, right? And there are things in the scriptures that address race challenges. The scriptures speak to sexuality. Interesting things are said about war and peace. Politics. I mean, it was all in the first century. So you, you, you and I have to look at Jesus and say, how did Jesus handle things like this in his day? What did Jesus say about these things? Where is grace? Where is truth? And let me say one more thing about this. You and I don't have an option. Jesus didn't give us the option to just lean towards grace or lean towards truth. You and I don't have the option. For some of you who are like, you know what? I'm just going to do this grace thing. I get it. I get the truth, but I don't understand all that, so I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be super nice to everybody, and I'm just going to get along with everybody, and, and you know, live and let live, and I'm just going to do the grace thing, and we'll let somebody else worry about the truth thing. If you're going to follow Jesus, you can't do that. You don't have that luxury. He didn't give us that option. And on the other hand, you can't, you can't say truth, 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 truth. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. But there's enough nice people in the world. Somebody's got to tell it like it is. Somebody's got to lay it out there. Somebody just got to, yeah, that's what's wrong with this world. Look at, whoa, 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 whoa. Both of you have very good points to make, both sides. That's why both are needed. That's why we're told that Jesus was full of grace and truth, not one or the other. So you and I cannot just choose one. Where's grace? Where's truth? Every single one of these issues, we have to wrestle. That is how you think through these issues. You look at the issues and you go, how, how do I respond with grace? And how do I respond with truth? You say, well, I just want a statement. <laughs> Most of the time, statements don't summarize it all up. Statements usually lean on one side or the other. And so we have been called to the middle. And so what do you do when it's not clear? What do you do when you look at those issues and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what grace is. I don't know what truth is. I don't know. I can see it this way, that way. Because to be quite honest, and listen, I've been studying and teaching and and preaching and doing this thing for over 30 years in the scriptures. I mean, I've dedicated my life to this and I can promise you When you read the scriptures in the context in which they were written, you're going to see something, you're going to read some things that happened and some things that Jesus said, and it's going to make you think this about an issue. And then you'll read something else, and then it'll make you go, no, wait a second, but this is more like that on the same issue. Yeah. So when it's not clear, when it's not clear, do this. Number one, be open. Be open. Some of you hate this word, open. So tired of being open. Sounds like somebody needs to be open. (laughs) 
Be open because you don't know it all, and I don't know it all, and we don't know it all. We don't know it all about the Bible. We don't know it all about the people that these issues affect because every issue is about people. We don't know everything there is to know about these things, and we could be misguided. Hmm, heck, we could even be wrong. I, I look back in my life as a pastor, and, and I, can, I can point to things that I feel like I was misguided in, and I hope I know better now. And maybe there's some things I'm still misguided in that maybe Jesus is going to, hopefully Jesus is going to help me find even more clarity in. But, but we have to stay open. Unless you know it all, and unless you and God got the corner on the market on this thing, stay open. Secondly, when it's not clear, ask more questions and make fewer statements. Ask more questions and make fewer statements. Be a student, not a critic. Be a student, not a critic. Be a student, not a critic. We have enough critics, right? Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate. He don't need one. He's got this good on his own. He don't need you and me to help him out. Yeah, you, you want to come to this and, and learn and try to avoid the echo chamber. Here's what I mean by that. Avoid creating an echo chamber for yourself where you just <laughs> surround yourself with people who agree with what you already think, right? I mean, you watch a news outlet that pretty much just agrees with you, and you have friends that pretty much agree with you, and you only engage in conversations with people that, and so you can all go, I know, right? I know, right? I know, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're right. It's an echo chamber. It can be very, very dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. <laughs> Ask more questions, make fewer statements. And most importantly, keep seeking the way of Jesus. Keep seeking the way of Jesus. Keep reading about Jesus and learning about Jesus. Seeing how he dealt with people and treat people the way Jesus treated people. Yeah, you pray for wisdom. You pray for wisdom. Where's grace? Where's truth? Where's grace? Help me to be gracious. Help me to be truthful. Help me not just be gracious or just be truthful. Help me to be both in this situation with these people, with this situation that I'm in in regards to these issues. And here's the deal. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your stance is, and I don't know what your statement is. But at this point, what I'm getting ready to say is true for every single one of us. Regardless of where you fall on the issues, you need to be more gracious. Because Jesus was more gracious than you, and you say you follow Jesus. And I don't know, I don't know where you are on the issues, I don't know, but you also need to be more truthful. You know why? Because Jesus was more truthful than you, and you and I say we follow Jesus. You need more grace than you got. You need more truth than you've embraced up to this point. We follow the way of Jesus. So how do we journey with people? Let me bring this to a focal point because some of you are like, are we going to look at the Bible at all? Does this preacher use the Bible at all? Okay, okay, yeah. Well, the Bible's not something to be used, by the way. Okay, you can be very careful. But yes, let me take you to the scriptures. Save the best for last. How do you journey with people then? Trying to find the grace, trying to find the truth, following the way of Jesus through this messy, icky middle. 
Well, we look several different places. Let me, let me take you to what Paul did. Paul, the apostle in the first century, dealing with the most challenging issue facing the church in the first century during Paul's years. The most challenging issue. It's going to sound comical to me and you. We look back on that and go, really, that was it? But the most challenging issue that they were facing at this time and period in the church's history was the issue of circumcision. Are you serious? Yep. I mean, it was, it was heated, man. I mean, people, it, it's relationship ending, shun you, excommunicate you, we don't talk to you, we can't even eat with you. Yeah. And so about the issue of circumcision, here's what Paul said. After going all through the details of it, Paul says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. <laughs> what? With the, with the circumcision, we got thousands of years of history and circum, with, the, with this, and God commanded it. God commanded what? And now you're saying that the only thing that counts when it comes to this whole issue of circumcision is faith expressing itself through love? Notice he didn't say the only thing that counts is faith. It's not just about what you believe. What you believe is important. But it's faith expressing itself through love. Oh, love, 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 love. I'm so tired of hearing about love. Well, that means you're probably just now hearing it enough. Faith expressing itself through love. The love of Jesus, more specifically. And so Jesus, Jesus gave us the example of love, and then Paul explains what that example is all about. Yeah, you want to know what love is? Do you want me to show you? Yeah, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I could go on. I won't. All right, so, so here's the deal. Here's the icky, sticky issues. All right, think about them, especially that one that bothers you so much, and that person, those people, okay? And, and, and the thing that matters most is faith expressing itself through love. What is love? Here it is. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love is. Love is patient and kind and not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, not selfish, not irritable. And it doesn't even keep record of when people mess up and screw up. Look at all that grace right there. Everything you see on the screen right now, that's a lot of grace. This is what love looks like. This is how we are to approach the issues. But he didn't stop there. And let's keep reading. Love is all, so it hates injustice and seeks truth. It's not just grace. Love is truthful. To not deal with truth is to be unloving and uncaring. It's just reality. And then get this. Never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures no matter what. You know what he's just telling us right there? Love doesn't cancel. Love doesn't say, I'm done with you. We're through. We used to be friends. They used to be in my life. Now, if we're going to follow Jesus, this is the kind of love God shows us. And Jesus said, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. While we're on it, while we're on it, Paul to the Galatians says, when you're interacting with each other, you want to be very careful to be controlled by the Spirit of God. 
so that the Spirit of God is leading you and directing you. And don't you want that? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, don't we want that as a church? Don't we want that? I mean, we just don't want to go off on our own willy-nilly and making up all kinds of stuff. No, we want to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God. We want God to be using us and, and using our words and how we live and interact. Great. So this is what this looks like. When the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life, Okay, this is, how we, this is how we do this, gang. This is how we're going to walk through these messy issues. With love, there we go again. Man, it's just like this is on repeat. Keeps coming up over and over and over again. And joy and peace, right? No, we're going to pick it and we're going to yell and scream. And no, no, no. Okay, peace and patience. It takes time. It's a process. And kindness and goodness. Some things aren't good. And things aren't good. That's not the way of Jesus. So we pursue goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Chill. There are no law against these things. In other words, you will never go wrong with this. You will never go wrong pursuing these things. You will never, ever, ever go wrong following the way of Jesus. Now, I have left a lot unsaid. I realize that. And I don't mean to frustrate anyone. But I'm in good company because Jesus left a lot unsaid. There's so many things I wish I could just say, Jesus, why don't you just tell us? Could you just give us a statement? You knew in 2022 we were going to have these issues. If you could just say, okay, here's the 2022 statements. I'm working on 2023. I'll, I'll release those on January 1. Right? Like, he didn't. He didn't. He left a lot unsaid. And so we look to him and his way and his example, and we think through grace and we think through truth. Now, at this point, some of you are going, so what you're telling me is that it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter how people live? And it doesn't matter that this person in my family or this person I work with or these people on TV or those people in that culture or these people, you know, that doesn't matter. People can do whatever they want and they can live however they want. So it doesn't matter. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. Jesus didn't say that. It matters immensely. But there is something that matters more than the issues themselves. And we're going to talk about that next week. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for Jesus and his way. Thank you that he clearly walked through the middle to reach everyone and pull them to himself, not to a side not to conservatives, not to the liberals, not to the left or the right, not to a statement or a stance, but the way of grace and truth. And incidentally, that's very, very messy. And yet that's where lives are changed. And that's where you are. And that's where your spirit works. And that's where you've called us. So may we follow you this is the way of love. 
May we be controlled by the things that the Holy Spirit of God produces. And may we remind ourselves often what those things are. And may we not get so triggered on issues that we forget about the people. Because that's what ultimately this is about. And so, Father, I ask that you would help me and you would help all of us as we navigate the messy issues of our culture. And, and who knows what the issues will be five years from now or ten years from now. But grace and truth will never fail us. Your way is the way. Help us to commit to it more than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen.